Oh, put me in, coach. One time. Let's go. We need baseball, Andy Mazur. Yes, we do. I don't know if we actually quote-unquote need it, but we certainly want it. No, I need it. Well, okay, fine. We need it. We, we, I'm in. We need it. All right. Scott Miller. Welcome to WGN. Covers Major League Baseball for Bleacher Report, Turner Sports, Sirius XM, the MLB Network radio analyst. Thank you for taking time, Scott. How are you? Good, guys. How about yourself? Hope everybody's healthy and, uh, you know, staying sane in this crazy time. Yeah, we're, we're, we're balancing uh, a lot of conversations tonight, so thank you for bringing some light to the show here. Because uh, even even owners and players bickering, that is a, a light topic uh, this evening. Are we going to have baseball, Scott? What's your prediction on this fine day? You know, I, I'm still holding fast and holding stubborn saying yes. I, I, and, and my reasons are, I know it doesn't look good right now. I know the two sides are bickering as usual. I mean, it seems like that's been the story of baseball history. The owners don't trust the player or the owners – you know, think what they their needs supersede the players. Players don't trust the owners. You know, on and on it goes. But but I still maintain that that two things. One, I think public pressure is is there, and it's. I mean, it is gonna. It looks like the NBA, if I'm not mistaken, they're talking about trying to come back on um, July 31, right? Um, yep. I mean, there's still a window for baseball to be the first sport back. And I think what we're looking at, public pressure, but more than that, because we all know it goes down to economics, I think, you know, I still go with the follow the, the, the Watergate mantra, follow the money, with just about everything these days. And we know it's a $12 billion a year industry, and we know right now everybody is hemorrhaging money in baseball and out of baseball. I think in the end, despite the bickering now, I, I'm, I think it's going to be about two weeks of ugliness, though. But I think in the end, what's going to happen is both sides are going to end up understanding that if they play part of the season and get even a little bit of money back, you know, $12 billion a year industry, even if they can make $2 billion this year, yeah, that's $10 billion down. That's $2 billion they wouldn't have had if they didn't play. So I, I think that they're going to end up realizing, you know, some money, even a little bit of money, is better than no money. And I, that's, I think, how, that's my prediction. Scott, you talk about both sides feeling uh, public pressure, but uh, aren't, they, aren't they feeling pressure within the ranks, too? Because you, you look at what a, a lost season would do to the, to the brand of this sport, period. I mean, it took a couple of years to come back from the 94 strike, and it, uh, it took that, uh, that fabricated, uh, now that we know it was fa- kind of fabricated home run contest to, to kind of get everybody back around. So uh, they, they have to have that in mind, don't they? You would hope so. I mean, there are some owners, not many. I mean, one in your town, Jerry Reinsdorf, goes back to the 94-95 strike. I mean, I bring him up, not, not to blame or anything, but he, he's got institutional memory. I mean, he... He's got firsthand experience on what the 94-95 strike did to the game. There are a couple other owners, I believe, that have been around that long. Not too many of them, though. Um, players, you know, these guys, the main we've been, it's unbelievable, but what have we been, about 25 years now, 
of labor peace in baseball. So we've seen a couple of generations of players come and go. And I bring that up because these current guys don't have any memory or knowledge of or firsthand knowledge, at least of, of the damage that 94, 95 strike did to the game. And, you know, you're right. I mean, I, you can argue that the game still isn't all the way back from that. I mean, yeah, I know economically. Yes. You know, Everything's economics these days. Twelve, as I said, record-setting revenues, twelve billion dollars. Okay, fine. But in by other measures, you know, the last two or three years, attendance has dipped. They've had about a three-year run of declining attendance in the game. We've seen the NBA from '94, '95. The NBA has followed the NFL in in zooming around baseball in popularity. I mean, it used to be baseball was the thing years ago, America's pastime, right? And then the NFL began to own the landscape. But beyond that, now the NBA is there. And, the, you know, the average age of a baseball fan is, is I think the recent study said 57. The game's trying to figure out a way to connect with younger fans. It's got all these issues. And, you know, a lot of us, uh, you know, think with all the home runs or strikeouts and not much in between, a lot of us that love the game are worried for the game because it's not as good as it used to be. And you package, roll all that into one big ball. And if if they don't figure this out this year, I think what will be, I think it'll be 17 months will have elapsed from the World Series last year to opening day next year, uh, assuming this pandemic is through. And we have opening day on schedule. If, if everything comes back and, and we have opening day on schedule, 17 months, that's a long time to be out of the public spotlight. And that's a long time for the young generation to move on and figure out other things to do. Not to mention the opportunity cost of being on in the middle of a crisis where people are sitting at home. And a lot of people don't watch baseball on TV. They like going to the park. They like drinking a beer, having a hot dog, being with their friends. They don't really watch it on yep. television as much. But here is an opportunity right, to grab some of that audience, and so they'd be missing that. Um, and Scott Miller with us, MLB columnist, Bleacher Report, Turner Sports. So it's hard to be on, for me, like on either side, right? Like, oh... How am I supposed, I'm going to feel bad for Mike Trout because he's only going to make seven million this year versus 36 million on what the owners are proposing. But then the other side of it's like you're an owner that's worth billions of dollars, and okay, you're having a down year, but this is a lifetime investment. It's an investment to infinity, really, if you want to just keep passing it down, right? And which is a lot of times that's how it goes. So I, I, it's hard to say who's right or who's wrong here. But I'm just trying to figure out how, how are they actually going to meet in the middle because the players don't seem like they're budging right now, and they're the ones that have to go out and play in the middle of a pandemic and, and take on that level of risk. Yeah, no, you're right. And, 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 you're, and, and also, you know, the investment by the owners, as you said, not just going into infinity in terms of just being caretakers of the game that they took the baton from previous owners and they will pass it on to the next owners, but – Every single owner that buys a franchise, that franchise increases in value. Um, nobody yet has bought a baseball team and then, and then sold for way less money. You know, most of them make a bunch of money. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, the general public, I think, rightfully so, is the feeling is a pox on both of their houses. But within that, I also think there's a large segment of the public kind of knee-jerk reaction just blames the players because I think they're closer to the players. The players are the ones they watch. You know, the owners, 
are these unseen, mysterious figures behind closed doors that just, most of them, you know, fans mostly don't know, wouldn't be able to tell you how each owner made his money, um, where it came from, how rich each owner is, whatever. But they know, you know, Manny Machado is making $30 million a year, and Bryce Harper is making 30 a year, and, and Mike Trout's making $27 million or whatever it is a year. That, fans know that. So they tend to come down on the side of the owners, which, you know, is a whole other discussion, too. I mean, if you bring in where we're at as a society today with the wealth gap between the rich and the poor getting uh, bigger and bigger and the middle class shrinking. Now, in a way, and there's, and it, you know, I understand there's not a poor group in baseball. I mean, even, you know, minimum wage is, you know, half a million bucks a year. And I get, you know, and people say, hey, I play for that, and I, 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 no question. But historically, I mean, you know, the, the, the you know, a, a point the players have that, that uh, you hear that I, I think is right is, hey, you know, we sign our contracts, and, and you want to cut them, you want to prorate us badly now that you're losing money. Well, in years in which you make more money than you expected to make, you don't give that back to us or share that with us. Um, you know, flip side, the owners are like this year, hey, we've offered revenue sharing for this one year, and the players won't take it. So, I mean, you know, it's just nobody likes to see how the sausage is made is what it comes down to. And, and, and it gets tiresome listening to the players whine and the owners whine. Uh, but you're right, and, and covering this game on a daily basis, uh, you know, I, I, I probably know too much of the ins and outs. So, to your point, yes, it, there are good points on both sides. I mean, the, the players make some really valid arguments. So do the owners. There's an argument you made. The owners take the risk. They're the ones taking the risk. And, and you know, they're the ones that, you know, as one, one owner told me uh, a couple weeks ago, he said, this is financially, this year is a bloodbath. We are just going to lose a ton. And, you know, I, I get that. And so I get why they want to play the burden of the loss. But, um, you know, how it comes out, I think the, the buzzword for me is creativity. There's going to have to be some creativity, whether it's the players, um, you know, uh, figuring out, deferring some money, uh, saying, it, or at least offering to the owners a plan that the plan the owners would find enticing, you know, that, that hey, we won't take as big of a hit financially or salary-wise as you want us to, but we'll agree to defer some money. And then a year or two, whatever it is down the road, you know, you make some extra money back, then, you, then you know, we'll take that and deferred money, what, whatever. I mean, I'm not an economist, but you get my drift. There's, there's got to be some imagination and some creativity on both sides to get through this, and I think there will be. I still hold it, maintain that uh, neither side is that stupid to close things down. Scott, real quick before we let you go here, uh, it's kind of a hard thing to see the forest through the trees, I think, just because of all the things that are going on right now with this pandemic and everybody having to think outside yeah. the box. I mean, it, can can people lose sight of the fact that you, you're obviously praying and hoping that this is just a one-year thing? You mean the pandemic? The pan, yeah, obviously, you know, the, 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 the hit to the sport is only going to be a one-year thing. You hope that if they, right. if they play now, that none of this is going to be a problem next year. Yeah, oh, no question. No question. You do. But 
the problem is, you know, nobody knows where this pandemic is going. And, you know, we, I know when we first, when they first shut down spring training and, and Andy, I, I saw you yep. in, uh, in Glendale, we chatted just a little bit as the clouds were coming in. And, um, when they first shut this down, I know the, the hope was it would be temporary and that maybe even by the second half of the summer, there'd be games with fans. Well, if, Several weeks later, we know that's not going to be the case. There's not going to be fans, uh, you know, probably not even in September, October. There's still hope for late in the season if they start without fans. But, yeah, so I can't say you can't guarantee that opening day next year everything's going to be back to normal because what's going to happen with the pandemic, nobody knows. Um, is there going to be a bad second wave this winter, like some experts predict? Uh, are fans going to be comfortable enough to go back to the ballpark? And the most important question probably is, will a vaccine be de- developed by then? Because Dang. that's part of the whole key to the deal. Yep, no question. Hey, Scott, great stuff. We really appreciate you jumping on. All right, guys, take care, stay safe and healthy, and, geez, I hope to see you at a ballpark soon. Yeah, me too. Back at you, back at you. Scott Miller, great stuff. Bleacher Report and Turner Sports, Sirius XM.